This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we meet a new Batman for a cyberpunky new era. everyone, welcome to another episode of Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're beginning our coverage of Batman Beyond, uh, covering Season 1. So, Batman Beyond is uh, an interesting case in that it was kind of a show mandated, it seems, by uh, the network WB to be made. Uh, essentially... They saw the Batman or the new Batman adventures and similar shows because technically Superman came out before this um, as skewing a little too high uh, in the age range. They wanted to kind of kidify it a little bit more. And Hmm. the idea was, oh, well, what if we do a Batman show where Batman is a teenager And generally speaking, the people who were writing these shows at the time were not fans of that idea. Um, (laughs) Supposedly, according to IMDb, which unfortunately is not sourced, but uh, supposedly this was literally like them going into a network executive's office who basically laid this out and said, so yeah, we're going to do that show and it's already been greenlit, so go (laughs) do it. You have to make it, Uh, which is bizarre and ridiculous if true uh but essentially they kind of came across the idea of well we could set it in the future where instead of a teenage bruce wayne we have like bruce wayne as an old man and uh him sort of mentoring a new teenager in the far future so that is what they eventually settled on and we got this show which i would say is generally speaking not really I guess kidified at all compared yeah. <laughs> to the other shows. I feel if like anything darker, darker. And also like, I feel like this is the point where they really started to be like, let's see how much we can get away with in terms yeah. of just sneaking in, you know, sexual references, drug references, etc. Like there was a lot of that in this show. And it's kind of funny to know that it was initially mandated as being like, make this more kid friendly so we can sell more toys. Um, (laughs) So it was initially aired in 1999. Uh, It's developed by Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini and Alan Burnett. Uh, It it, it aired on Toonami in 2001. And there was a planned fourth season uh, that was put on hold indefinitely to develop justice league which is kind of interesting. I sort of wonder where a fourth season of this would have gone. Also, it's known as Batman of the Future in several regions outside the U.S., which is weird. (laughs) And weirder still is the fact that the initial name for the show was Batman Tomorrow, which sounds cool, but also apparently they scrapped because like cutting bromos for it would have been a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds like it's going to air tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> coming up next Batman tomorrow <laughs> is uh, yeah. Right. And I guess yeah. kids are too dumb to understand what that means, which you know what? Sure. <laughs> like I would probably be confused by that at least slightly. Uh, so Moving to the synopsis, like most of the DCAU shows, that is the DC animated universe that we've covered in the past, uh, this show does not really have a continuous plot line. It yeah. basically has a setup and then, you know, a bunch of individual episodes that are sometimes related to each other, but mostly not really. Uh, so. For that reason, we're going to do what we usually do, and there's not really a synopsis, but I will basically set the show up uh, so that it makes any sense at all when we get to our uh, Zeniths and Nadirs. So, about 20 years into the future of the original Batman series, uh, Bruce Wayne gives up the role of Batman because he has a heart condition, and during a fight... Uh, to rescue an heiress he basically has some kind of heart attack or something and is forced to uh use a gun to threaten away a criminal 
and yeah you know basically almost shoots the guy and then just kind of realizes yeah right and of course uh just the idea of using a gun for batman in general particularly this batman is uh not a good thing so he decides all right that's it no more batman he seals up the bat cave and uh about 20 years after that Gotham continues to fall into a more criminal atmosphere. Basically, at this punk, at this punk, I'm getting ahead of myself. At this point, <laughs> it is a cyberpunk city in the style of like Blade Runner or Akira or Metropolis, either the yeah. 2001 one or the you know classic one. Yeah, there's a. I noticed there's a lot of Akira, especially like the first episode. Yeah, right. There's a whole bike chase through the city, like a motorcycle yeah. chase through the city, featuring among other things a uh, a bunch of <laughs> clowns because there's a street gang that takes after the Joker. Which yeah, right. If you which think about already... it, is interesting. <laughs> how so well i mean like this is a street gang that basically takes after like a terrorist like imagine that in in reality the equivalent would be like hey we're like the i don't i mean the the easy thing is like we're the osama bin laden gang like (laughs) i think in reality it would be a joker gang (laughs) well yeah sure but you know it's it's the difference between emulating a fictional character and emulating a person who's actually responsible for numerous i mean shit how many i wonder how many like modern street gangs take after al capone though you know yeah i guess that's true some kind of i guess that's true because it is much more in the past but we're getting a bit off track anyway uh there's this you know gotham is now this cyberpunk mega city uh wayne tech merged with another company i don't even know what the other company is called but it's managed by a guy named Derek powers who is basically a corrupt corporate dude uh yeah who... it's like a hostile takeover from of uh yeah wayne right Corp. right so you know he runs the board bruce wayne is on the board but is basically not paying attention anymore uh and we're introduced to the main character of the show terry mcginnis who is a teenager with like a troubled past it's implied that he's been to juvenile detention at least once in the past uh and his parents are divorced he basically gets involved in a fight with some of the jokers that we mentioned earlier gets in the aforementioned akira street chase yeah and ends up in front of wayne manor and bruce wayne helps him fight off the jokers before bruce wayne has kind of another you know heart condition heart attack deal uh and then terry discovers that bruce wayne is in fact batman because bruce really needs to stop letting teenagers into his house uh without keeping a good eye on them i guess like (laughs) i i feel like this is not the first time that someone has accidentally discovered that bruce is batman just by virtue of being in his house right so it's just yeah uh whoops (laughs) it seems like it's surprising too that like yeah terry just kind of sneaks in yeah yeah well so a little later yeah right so so terry discovers that bruce is batman bruce kicks his ass out of there and then terry returns home to find that his dad has been murdered uh and all evidence points to it being a gang of jokers who killed his dad so now he's living with his mom and uh, basically there is a bit where like his dad worked for wayne powers Derek powers has developing this nerve gas tested it on one of terry's dad's friends at work so terry finds a little data disc that kind of looks like a gamecube disc uh that has all this information about this nerve gas and discovers that powers is up to something so he steals the bat suit which means that somehow he sneaks into the bat cave which yeah as you said is interesting I I have to assume that Bruce has lost some of his edge in his old age at this point. Right. He even has a dog now, and the dog doesn't do shit. Yeah, right. The, well, yeah, the dog named Ace, of course, of after course. Ace, the bat hound, which is great. Yeah, lovely little reference there. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so Terry steals the bat suit and goes off to, you know, confront Powers and get Real revenge quick. for his dead dad. <laughs> what if... What if Batmite was in this, though? (laughs) I mean, there was that robot Batmite in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So they they do have references. Yeah, they they do have references like that occasionally. There is one scene in this where someone gets thrown into a big pile of stuffed Modocs, which is really weird. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> among other things, because Modok is a Marvel character. So of all the characters to reference, why fucking Modok? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even realize it's a Marvel. Yeah, character. right. It's not even a DC character. It's it's very strange to me. I don't know. Like, also, just why Modok in general? Who's like got to get a Modok cameo in here? He's a big dumb face with legs. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so. Yeah, so Terry steals the bat suit and, long story short, becomes the new Batman. Uh, Derek Powers is hit with a dose of his own nerve gas and is basically mutated into this villain who calls himself Blight eventually. He's kind of a glowing skeleton man uh, and he has radiation powers. So he's the big bad of this first season and Terry is the new Batman with Bruce Wayne sort of running like mission control essentially he spends a yeah. lot of time sitting at a computer and shouting at terry about what's happening around him blight basically looks like when homer simpson gets irradiated in the simpsons <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like a glowing green skeleton <laughs> yeah he's like well, it's weird because he's like a glowing green man with a black skeleton that's seen through so it's it's kind of like someone wearing one of those glow-in-the-dark skeleton costumes for halloween yeah. but reversed like, if you and inverted those colors, that's basically what Blight is. Interestingly, Powers is also, like, trying to hide it, and he keeps having to get, like, fake skin grafted on. That oh, also right, just right. keeps melting off. <laughs> yeah, that burns off, because when he gets angry, it heats him up, I guess, or whatever. He uh, wouldn't like so, him when yeah. he's angry. Yeah, precisely. He might turn into a big green man, um, <laughs> which he kind of is. But, yeah, so Derek Powers is the main villain now, and Terry's Batman and uh yeah that's the setup for the show so let's move along to our favorite and least favorite episodes peter what was your favorite episode my favorite episode was episode four golem uh this is an episode this is another episode that i found a lot of parallels to akira um basically this nerdy kid named willie watts is like bullied by this jock and his dad is like you got to stand up for yourself you should like kick his ass basically like his dad is very aggro and so uh this kid just steals a like construction golem which is like a glm or you know yeah, it's, a, it's a big a yeah it's a big construction robot that you yeah, control it, with like a vr helmet basically yeah yeah so he takes it and just uses it to destroy the uh the bully's car which you know he of course like worships his car and then like he's kind of raiding you know goes crazy with it <laughs> um and it's just another story he's the kid writing me a lot of tetsuo from akira because it's just like oh yeah this is another classic tale of like kid who's just bullied and shit on all the time suddenly finding a just suddenly like having a ton of power and then kind of going crazy with that power yeah, misusing it, certainly. Yeah. And uh, I, I eat that stuff up. <laughs> I love that. I love that as a theme. Um, it, it reminds me of what I would probably do with all the with too much power. <laughs> all right. That's a good thing, I guess. I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> fair right, enough. Yeah. yeah. I'm you sure just abuse it, admittedly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it. No, I, I, I like that Willie kid. He's a good kid. Uh, not really <laughs> he's fine everything turned out all right he, he <laughs> so like he ends up getting like shocked by the when batman uh when man every time i say batman i think bruce wayne but now yeah, it sure. has to be terry right but I, i'm just gonna call him batman yeah that's one so of the Bat things that's interesting is that a lot of people refer to this batman as batman beyond which i always find slightly strange <laughs> Like, I was kind of thinking of saying really that myself. really what his name is, but whatever. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so Batman ends up taking out the robot, but it, like, electrocutes Willy, and so now he has, like, psychic powers to control electronics and control the robot from afar. Yeah. Uh, again, Akira. <laughs> and then he just starts, like, uh, attacking with the robot again, and it ends up getting taken out. I don't know. Something about this episode I liked... Uh, like i said i like that theme of just power corrupting uh and i thought this is it was executed well here plus the uh robot design of the golem is pretty cool it's oh kind yeah of the like, golem looks cool yeah it, it doesn't really have like a head it's kind of like all part of one body yeah um, so it kind of looks hunched over a little bit yeah 
kind of like a super battle droid, but not stupid. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. It's it's a similar sort of design where it's just a big torso with arms and legs, more or less. Yeah, man. Super. You should have kept the destroyer droids. Now that was cool. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> Destroyer droids, they roll out, they have bubble shields. Just, they, like, one destroyer of the few droids good were things. cool, but also, like, to be fair, also just existed for the purpose of having a thing that the Jedi couldn't realistically ever fight and defeat. <laughs> they're just <laughs> invincible. Like, that's why they're Kinda, only yeah. used once in the entirety of all of those movies, because they're just an invincible opponent so that the Jedi have to run away. Well, yeah, and instead you replace them with like Roger Roger and like Roger Roger, like yeah, right, the the big Roger Roger battle droids that are equally as grandpa. destroyable, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I never even realized. I never thought about that before now, but yeah, destroy droids literally are only in that one scene, aren't they? Just that I one mean, scene in episode one. I think they're only in episode one. Yeah, they're, huh. they're just like these are too powerful. We got to discontinue them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've played I played so many Star Wars video games set in the prequel era where destroyer droids are just fucking everywhere that I never yeah. really considered that before now. But that, yeah, no, it's because they're too fucking strong. <laughs> they're just a they, plot device. <laughs> they are possibly the only cool droid outside of like IG eighty eight in the entire Star Wars franchise. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with that hard, but let's what move on. What cool droid is there besides that? And don't name something that isn't in a movie. Uh, i mean i can't think of nah. anything off the top of my head but i'd say that most of the droid designs look kind of cool just in general like i don't know i'm talking cool just on their own they're good at battle and they're cool looking we are so off topic yeah that, that's why i tried to move it along and then you demanded that i come up with a cool star wars droid and i couldn't immediately think of don't one don't challenge me then how about that what all right i'll just accept episode? everything you say uh <laughs> exactly my my favorite episode was episode three blackout uh this episode we're introduced to one of the new rogues obviously this new batman has to have a new rogues gallery and several of them are kind of clearly inspired by old batman villains uh in this case ink is pretty clearly inspired by clayface in a lot of ways uh she is huh. a woman yeah. who can transform into a liquid and they kind of, like the reason i like this episode honestly is just because they go whole hog on that idea like yeah they have so many uh, you know i always loved the clayface episodes because they get so creative with what he can do and like the animation looks really cool yeah and ink is not quite the same because she can't like morph into a different person but she is still basically a liquid person, and there's just a lot of cool stuff that we that they do with that in this episode and future episodes featuring Ink. Like generally, yeah. Ink is a really interesting villain just because she has cool powers and can do cool shit. And she's really hard to take out. <laughs> like, yeah, right, because she's liquid. Like, yeah, just no, goes around everything. Yeah, no bullshit. Like in. Uh, what valerian and the city of a thousand planets where a character that's explicitly liquid gets stabbed and dies and <laughs> it's like how does Good that movie. fucking happen oh that fucking movie <laughs> anyway uh so yeah so ink is pretty hard to take out and in this episode it's you know her introduction she's working for Derek powers to sabotage a rival tech company uh fox Teca, which is run by the descendants of lucius fox which is kind of a nice touch yeah. Um. And then you know she she gets into the Batcave by hiding inside the new awesome flying Batmobile. Uh. And then you know fights Terry and Bruce in the Batcave. And I generally like this one because Ink is just cool. Um. Yeah. But also it has some nice touches where like you know Bruce disguises himself with a replica costume that he happens to own of the Gray Ghost, uh, which is awesome he they freeze ink with one of mr freeze's freeze guns that bruce still oh, has yeah. around uh and then there's also a pretty disgusting scene when you think about it but also like uh again a good use of this character's powers where she liquefies herself and then forces herself down terry batman's throat in yeah. order to drown it's him like, in her own crazy. body <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah really gross and yeah and he there's a scene which obviously they don't show it full up but he is pretty clearly puking out part of this other character yeah <laughs> uh and it's 
crazy. Like, I don't know. I, I love that kind of creativity with powers. No, Ink's awesome. This episode is great. Like, I, I, this episode gave me a lot of hope, too, for, like, the new villains that are going to show up. Yeah, yeah, I can and, see that. And, and you know, vil- especially, like, in the introductory episodes of villains, those are, like, my favorite in animated series. Yeah, yeah. Generally, and, because... It always depends. I feel like the first one and like the second one are good because the first one always has the introduction of their powers. And then the second yeah. one has the ability to kind of take it for granted that you know what they can do and yeah, you don't need yeah. backstory. So you can just like go crazy with what the villain does. Ink's follow up episodes really good. I, I hope yeah. that you talk about it. But uh, yeah. So what was your uh, least favorite episode? My least favorite episode was uh episode eight dead man's hand uh this is an episode where several playing card themed villains the royal flesh gang uh flies in and starts robbing yachts and then they start like robbing museums and stuff batman ends up getting in a fight with them later on terry gets in a fight with his girlfriend because he's like always late because his job sucks and he <laughs> yeah, right. always has to be late to everything yeah because he's batman so yeah you know <laughs> And his excuse is just like, yeah, Bruce is uh, ordering me a lot around a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. He basically has an internship with Bruce. I guess I forgot to mention that. That's the yeah, excuse. That's his cover. Yeah, that's his cover. And uh, so he meets this other girl who's just like happens to you know see him in the club, and it's just also kind of just on the edge and like you know also having a bad night and they they meet and they like make out and it's very like teen romance and all that <laughs> yeah and you know they agree to meet somewhere else but oh no looks look out she's actually a member of the royal flesh gang and she she doesn't like being part of that whole situation but she's stuck there so now batman uh, you know now has new batman kind of has a new Catwoman, basically yeah basically uh, <laughs> a uh what it's 10 i believe is her her yeah, royal flush gang call sign number uh yeah she she's basically Catwoman for terry mcginnis and you know this episode it's it's tough to pick a least favorite episode among these um there, there's a lot of like i think there's a lot of like decent episodes and some very good ones and uh there's nothing really like very low bar on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just kind of bored by like the Royal flush gang. It's just, it's just like kind of foppish themed, you know, crime gang that doesn't really have much personality to me. Yeah. Yeah. They, they very, the Royal flush gang is very much one of those. I mean, pretty obviously it's very much one of those theme villains that was come up with in like the 60s yeah they, they right. probably predate the 60s but still it's you know it's it's like clock king or a calendar man like it's one of those villains where it's like oh they they steal playing card related items <laughs> yeah. see they steal a bunch of diamonds from the people and on the yacht sword. and then they steal a sword because originally spades were swords uh and jesus christ no actually they steal from the yacht because it's a yacht club not because they steal diamonds yeah. from them what the hell yeah why do they need to make that justification <laughs> because club dude i mean yeah i guess but ace of clubs <laughs> except that also diamonds are a suit like they're also related to cards yeah, they, i guess they could have only the... <laughs> stolen diamonds instead of all valuables in that case yeah whatever so yeah, I think you know. Then and this episode's not all bad either. Like I think I like the kind of uh, Batman getting an argument with uh, oh god, Dana Batman getting an argument with Bruce Wayne. No, I'm talking about oh, okay. when Terry and Bruce get in an argument because right, like right. Batman's kind of ruining his life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, uh, that's... that's an interesting aspect of the show that I like to see building too. It's like oh yeah, like how does this guy have a fucking life? Like Batman. I guess Batman technically, like old Batman technically balances being Bruce Wayne, billionaire, dipshit, doing a lot of business deals. But we don't see much of that because it's boring. And so there's not really a sense that uh, Bruce Wayne is losing out on his life because he's Batman. But uh, Uh, with this new Batman who's Terry, you know, it's like I I feel like, yeah, he's missing out on his childhood (laughs) 
and his like high school life period because of this. Right. And that is one of the themes of the show, certainly. And I think that I think that there is more of an implication that Bruce Wayne is missing out on pretty much the entirety of his life for the purpose of being Batman. But it's not it's definitely not as explicit in the, uh, you know, in Batman, the animated series or the new Batman adventures. It's occasionally touched on in, in those. But like. Not much. It's just kind of like, oh, you can never be in love, can you? Huh? Okay. Yeah, right. So what was your least favorite episode, Doug? Uh, Mine was episode nine, The Winning Edge. Uh, Basically, this is an episode in which Terry deals with the fact that uh, this jock on their, like, Blitzball slash lacrosse <laughs> slash highlight uh school sports team. That's right. <laughs> Anti gravity lacrosse and it looks like fucking blitzball and yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's you know, it's future sport stuff. Um yeah. but basically uh these jocks are using this sort of patch that they call slappers, which are more or less uh like steroids that they just kind of slap on themselves and then it heightens their aggression and like muscle mass or whatever the fuck. And Terry discovers that these things actually have venom, which is to say the thing that Bane used to totally Hulk out uh, yeah. in them somehow. So Bruce suspects that Bane is behind all of this. Uh, Terry goes to investigate and then it turns out that it's actually not Bane. Bane is a decrepit old man who is just, you know, comatose in a chair with a breathing mask on uh and somebody else is distributing this stuff as it turns out it's bane's nurse yeah who is selling these drugs to high school kids it's interesting that the nurse is also like he's like well yeah this is what happens when you take too much of those slappers and it's like well okay but (laughs) bane is also very old like yes he's unhealthy but like you'd expect he'd be dead already if he's like abusing the shit out of the steroids instead yeah, he's guess. like oh this super old man is in bad shape instead of like being i guess equivalent to how bruce wayne is now which is like in okay shape <laughs> like he's eh, not I mean, on a respirator i mean the the difference is that it's suggested that bane cannot move under his own power to me like yeah. he's just kind of slumped in a chair he doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He's just, I mean, he's basically just a background object at that point. And yeah, he's probably pretty old at this point, but you know, I don't know. He can't be more than like 70. And Bruce Wayne, despite being an old man, seems to be holding up fairly well. Yeah. I, I just like, it, it's interesting. Cause it's like, well, this is the consequence of taking all those drugs, but he's also super old. So it just doesn't seem that hard hitting to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess. Although there's not really a way to solve that, like of course he's yeah, gonna be that's, old. That's true, <laughs> and uh, he's but, gonna be fucked up, and you can't just have him be dead already. Yeah, right. So anyway, like yeah, it turns out that the uh, the nurse is selling these drugs, and Terry stops him. And this episode's fine. Like again, like you said, there aren't really any episodes in here that I think are truly bad. And this one mostly hits my nadir because of two reasons. The first is that it is very, like, very special episode in its structure. You know, yeah, it's, it's, kind it's of... about how teenagers are taking drugs and that's yeah. bad. And it's the drug in, episode. Yeah. And in fairness, uh, I'm not going to say that teenagers taking steroids isn't bad because clearly it is. But it it does <sighs> feel... I'm well, kidding. it depends. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, yeah, it's, I there's no depends. It's bad. <laughs> I, I, I mean, don't I know why I was inhaler. taking you seriously. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I guess technically speaking, if you need steroids because you have some kind of like, you know. A totally different kind of steroid. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> taking Taking steroids to succeed better at sports is, I think, pretty unquestionably bad. <laughs> um <laughs> but but you know like so there's that aspect of it where it does feel like a very special episode and it's handled pretty well like it doesn't feel that out of place but it does also have the scene where terry like comes home and some slappers fall out of his backpack and his mom's like terry you're on drugs and he's like no mom i'm not yeah Uh, which is a little silly i don't know like it's just one of those things 
So there, there's that. And then there's just the fact that this is the second episode and they're all kind of front loaded too, where the vi- the primary villain is suggested to be one of Bruce Wayne's old foes. The other one, which we're not going to talk about in depth, but the other one features Mr. Freeze, uh, who is still alive courtesy of his, you know, freeze body, I guess. Yeah. And they, you know, he's like cloned a new body and then Bruce Wayne suspects him and he seems fine, but his condition returns, etc. cetera. Uh, and he's a bad guy. And like, I, I think that the Mr. Freeze episode is actually handled quite well. Like, I like that episode quite a bit, actually. Yeah. But it feels a little weird at this point in the show to be using old Batman villains because I want to see Terry establish his own rogues gallery. And yeah. like the second one kind of in a row too, that's just like, Oh, I guess it's Bane. And again, they subvert fairness, that. Though, it's not Bane. <laughs> Bane is basically killed off and uh spoiler alert, but <laughs> Mr. Freeze dies at the end of that one, like for good. That's true. And also like, they do subvert the expectations of these both. Like it's not Bane at all. Bane is irrelevant. Actually. He's basically just a vessel for some other asshole to harvest steroids. And similarly, Mr. Freeze isn't really the bad guy in that episode. Like he, you know, he comes back and he seems like a genuinely good person. Like he's trying to reform his life. So you know, it, they, like they're handled well. It's just that I feel like in the first season, especially like, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. You want to have some old Batman yeah. villains because otherwise people are going to be like, well, what the fuck? This is Batman. Where are the villains? But also you want to establish new villains so that it doesn't just feel like a bunch of retreads. Um, and in fairness, I think they hit a good balance there, but still like. I personally lean more in favor of just introduce some new villains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this one as, as kind of a one-off just doesn't feel as good. Uh, so what was your honorable mention? My honorable mention was episode 11 disappearing ink. This is the second episode with ink and it's, uh, it's fantastic because like it starts with this kind of creepy dude. Who's like, tasked with maintaining the cryogenic storage and ink has been frozen from the last episode and it's just stuck there and he kind of becomes obsessed with her she's just a blob of ink in the in the ice but he's always like talking to yeah, her right right and it's at some point he, like kisses the ice you know and it's just like yeah yeah well and he's he's just kind of a pathetic dude who yeah. is venting his frustrations to you know i guess what he has to assume is a non-conscious thing (laughs) but it's very weird still like it's it's like if you were talking to a fucking (laughs) it's like if you vented all your problems to an anime body pillow and then like kissed it you know no matter no matter how chaste it is it's still pretty weird (laughs) yeah yeah in fairness you know it's it's something you gotta admit (laughs) Like, it's still weird and creepy, and it's played as such. Like, he's not supposed to be very sympathetic. And uh, so eventually she finds a way to break out. Uh, He lets her out. Like, he gets fired for being a creep. Yeah, (laughs) he gets fired because they have footage of him creeping on ink this whole time. They're like, you can't fucking do that. Get out of here. So he gets mad and cuts the power to ink's chamber, which frees her. And, you know, she kind of goes and runs out and has a has her own kind of crime spree and meets up with him. And it turns out she can't keep her human form anymore because of like the effect of the cryogenic stasis or something like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Some, reason you know, it fucked up her reason. DNA more than it already was. Yeah. And so she needs his help to do that. And they like go to the chemical factory that, you know, originated with her, the accident that caused her shit. Yeah. Or and, experiment or whatever. Her origin is never actually defined really. Yeah. But, and yeah. uh, she takes some of the you know magic science juice and like puts it in her. And now <laughs> she can now she can turn back into like full ink, and uh, and he's like, all right, but you got to give me what I want. And he's like, I want to be like you. I want to turn into to turn into a blob and have cool powers. Yeah, and also like everything in this show, uh, the subtext of him saying 
you have to give me what I want out of this is very clearly that they're going to fuck. And, you know, it's not that actually, but that is the subtext. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and she does a top 10 anime betrayal and fucking sticks him with the stuff that changed her, but it's like half the amount or something. Yeah. It's like half of the compound. He melts into a disgusting melting man who is just, like, seemingly just eternally suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucked, honestly. It is... It's uh, really gross, too. The reveal of it is crazy, because she also captures Terry uh, and then calls Bruce Wayne to come rescue him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the reveal of this guy is Bruce Wayne coming in dressed like the Shadow, uh, of course, <laughs> and th- then this dude just kind of lunges out of the fucking, you know, darkness, and he's just this weird, crazy, deformed, half-liquid person. He's basically <laughs> just like, help me! <laughs> yeah, right, it's fucked, it's crazy. And uh, I do like this, too. Uh, Bruce Wayne comes in, and they introduce earlier in the episode, he has, like, this fucking Batman power armor. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And he's like, I couldn't use it because it's too shitty to my heart, fucks me up. But then he comes back to save uh, Terry in the Batman armor and, like, suddenly bursts out of his uh, outfit in it. And it's, like, pretty awesome. Yeah, which is also scored to the original Batman theme instead of the new Batman oh, theme, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, like, that was really neat. Yeah, no, it's it's a great scene. And, uh, you know, Ink ends up getting... Uh, she ends up escaping, right? N- not really. She's afraid of water, much like Clayface, because presumably yeah. it dilutes her. Um, so Terry smashes the oh, glass opening of the like roof in the building that they're yeah. in. And it's raining. And it's raining. So, so she gets washed down a fucking drain. <laughs> yeah, which is also crazy. But then like in like the perfect comeuppance, <laughs> the fucked up comeuppance, admittedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go- the the uh, creepy dude is who's now. Yeah, goo. We'll, we'll call yeah we'll call him Goo Man. Goo I Man. Think. <laughs> he is now stuck basically in like a fish tank. <laughs> with this woman and this woman comes in and feeds him and it's like very pathetic and sad seeing him being fed because he's just like a fish well yeah and also like what she feeds him is like mashed potatoes and peas and like some like liquid that she pours out of a glass and then mashes it all together into just this sludge (laughs) and like pours it down his throat because i guess he probably has no teeth anymore and then she starts like telling him about her day and and basically it's a role reversal and now she's like the annoying person and he's just has to sit and suffer (laughs) yeah he just has to deal with her petty problems and shit uh yeah i i like this episode a lot too as i said ink is super fun and this is like this is a great example of we know what the villain does now so fuck it just do whatever yeah and you know i never considered the clayface comparison but it's absolutely correct like, oh yeah they, totally like, it was the same way with animated series where it's like the clayface episodes are a lot of fun like they have yeah, to totally. find there's so many ways you can use him and there's so many there's like so few ways to kill him so you have to find like a really unique kind of solution to the problem right right and the thing is like ink is definitely the you know she's different enough that it doesn't feel like just a retread definitely i mean namely just in the fact that she can't just disguise herself as anybody but on the other hands can like hide as a shadow is really cool yeah because she could just flatten herself out and she's you know like black colored because her name's ink uh yeah it's uh ink is really cool there's a great scene in this episode where the way that she manages to escape from the prison is she morphs herself into like presumably a coat on one of the police officers fleeing the building and then like jumps off of him a lot of her movements really cool because she just kind of splashes around like oh ink is great yeah she's like a splatoon character Kind of, I, I guess. I've never played Splatoon, but I'll, I'll take your word for they it. They turn into ink and can float around in the ground. Well, they it's turn awesome. into squids, don't they? And then they can travel in the ink. Yeah, but they basically turn into ink. I don't yeah, know. sure. Whatever. I, I don't know why I'm being like, well, technically, excuse me, while I push my glasses up, your comparison isn't 100% correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between the inklings of Nintendo's franchise and ink of Batman oh, Beyond. God, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> What's your honorable mention? Uh, 
my honorable mention is episode seven, Shriek. Uh, in this episode, a scientist working for Derek Powers, of course, has uh, developed this like sound suit that can basically use low frequency vibrations to you know, destroy shit. I mean, basically, the idea is that it's a demolition suit, but also Derek Powers, being both an asshole and a corporate overlord, is like, why the fuck would we do this when we can just use dynamite? Like, yeah. this is pointless and expensive. You know, you're worthless. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can uh, kill Bruce Wayne for me. Yeah, because uh, Derek Powers wants to demolish a historical district, uh, that Bruce Wayne wants to save. Naturally, the historical district has the theater where his parents were shot in it. Right. And so, yeah, you know, and the old Gotham reasons. courthouse. Yeah, right. I, I will point out that it's a little weird to me that Bruce Wayne is so like dead set on keeping this place that is in absolute disrepair, and it's explicitly <laughs> stated that they can't actually maintain it. And, right. like, no one seems to be living there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, you know, it's not even, like, a slum that they're trying to demolish to make, like, a mall. It's just a completely run-down area of town with nothing that yeah, is, it, like, you can't destroy this because, can, I guess, yeah, could, history. Could, could Wayne at least, like, try and restore it? <laughs> like, right. There, there's a point where he makes a big speech about how they can't tear the heart out of the city and, like, this is a historical district and everything. And then they go there, and it's just... It's pretty much already demolished like i don't know i feel i feel very pro gentrification saying that which i am not but there's no, it, it's it would just, be there's nothing there yeah it's a fucking ruin <laughs> yeah it would be very nice like all they needed to do really was just make it seem like it was a maybe poor area that was still sort of had upkeep or like yeah there was some historical significance beyond just being a part of town that's old. Uh, but whatever. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked because that's really not the point. The point is that... Uh, this guy's got cool sound powers and he blasts people and it's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he tries to kill Bruce Wayne uh, by collapsing a building. But Bruce Wayne manages to survive and is put in the hospital. And while he's admitted... Uh, he starts hearing voices in his head that are telling him to commit suicide, basically. Yeah, it's, it's dark when you put it put it in the straight up text. Huh? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the, like literally the voices crazy. are like, open the window and jump out of it, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, the voices, of course, claim to be his, you know, inner monologue or whatever, his conscious or subconscious or something. Uh, and this means that Terry is pretty much on his own to try to figure out what exactly is going on and defeat this guy named Shreve, who uh, powers redubs Shriek. So the, the cool things about this episode are, A, I really actually enjoy seeing Terry disconnected from Bruce. Like, seeing yeah. Terry try to do his own investigation and stuff is fun because he's okay at it but not great yeah like there's a there's a pretty fun scene where he's trying to talk to the com the back computer and tell it what to do and just doesn't really know what words it's going to accept <laughs> which is kind of funny and then like you know he he pretends to be delivering a pizza to shreve's lab and like starts kind of low-key interrogating him and shreve realizes what he's doing at one point and starts attacking him which is yeah. nice like he doesn't just get away with it he doesn't totally outsmart him um but the other thing that's cool about this is that the the very last dialogue exchange uh involves bruce being released from the hospital it turns out that actually there was like a microtransmitter in a bandage so that's where the voices were coming from bruce wayne is totally not actually uh crazy i guess to use a pejorative term uh he he is not actually hearing voices right and there's a point at the end where terry's like well how did you know that you weren't actually hearing voices and bruce's <laughs> justification is one well i know i'm not crazy which is like all right great justification <laughs> there bruce <laughs> yeah and the second one which i would argue directly contradicts that is that he says directly i don't think of myself as bruce yeah. which is kind of great like again i That's think wild yeah and i think that right there is the sort of thing that points to what we were talking about earlier of 
you know, uh, what, what Bruce missed out on for being Batman. Like, that carries some implications of what he missed out right. on exactly. An entire Everything. identity. Yeah. <laughs> Literally his whole life. Um, which is great. Like, I love that shit. One thing I really liked about this episode, too, is they play with the sound a lot. Obviously, you know. It's the sound oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that somehow. He does so much cool shit. He has, like, the ability to just mute all sound, and it just mutes the show. And it's it's just yeah, like... Yeah. The fact, like the will, the fact that they had like, I don't know if you call it the gall to do that, but it just seems I've never seen the show do that. Yeah, no, it's well, it's crazy because like the first time it happens, literally, Shreve and Terry are in the middle of a conversation, and Terry just touches some object on Shreve's desk, yeah, and it's just goes from Shreve saying no, don't, and then it just cuts the sound entirely for like a full thirty seconds, and the when it happens even though i've seen this show before i honestly <laughs> thought the stream we were watching was broken for a yeah, second right i was like ah fuck it's freezing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope nope they just did that in the show uh so yeah let's get to the break when we come back uh we will be discussing what we thought about the show overall and then talking about a bet for next week and uh you know what we're gonna be watching next I warn you, I can be a difficult taskmaster. I accept nothing short of excellence from all who work for me. I think I can handle it. Batman Beyond will return in a moment. Hey there, everyone. This is Michael jumping in during the break to do what I always do, give you some information. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Uh, either way, I guess listen or maybe skip. I uh, I don't really care. <laughs> Either way is fine with me. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Onitek, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Jamendo. Our next full episode will release April 22nd, and tune in for our mini-sode next week where we discuss Justice League Doom. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. We warn viewers that the tape we're about to show may be too intense for children. Turn it up! And now, back to Batman Beyond. And we're back. Peter, what did you think about this uh, season? I was really impressed by it. Uh, I had very vague memories of Batman Beyond in the past, uh, seeing it as a kid, and it just like didn't interest me much at all. Um, but I like barely watched it. And coming into it now, I was kind of just like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch Batman again. But getting into it, it's like, I had no fucking idea this is like, so futuristic. And uh, right, right. the the idea of it like what i pictured in my head is just like i don't know it's like gotham again but with yeah, high school <laughs> younger batman. batman yeah it's basically <laughs> high school batman <laughs> but yeah there's like this whole future aspect to it and like the the villain is like this you know super greedy evil corrupt uh corporate leader guy and like i kind of like that it's very like cyberpunk um, yeah for sure the art design of this show is fantastic like i really like how the city looks and like I mean, it, it, you know, same old, same old with uh, animated series. You know, you get all these, like, really beautiful backgrounds. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, still, like, it, it's cool to jump in and just see, like, so much quality. It's really good animation, especially on those Ink episode, episodes. Yeah, just, well, like, and also, like, something about the art design that's worth mentioning is this show, I think, even more than the original series and probably more than any of the DC Universe stuff, does a really cool, like, a, a lot of really cool stuff with color. Yeah. Just like the way that I mean, for example, in the Bat Cave, everything's technically monochrome. It's like all sort of purple and black colors for, you know, all the shading and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. 
and and frequently like crowd shots will feature the unimportant characters being still not just like one color entirely but like their clothes will typically be a unifying color yeah um and there like there's a lot of that stuff that's really quite awesome to see like it just looks very good and, and the show is like surprisingly dark too <laughs> yeah it is it's uh it feels pretty adult in a lot of ways especially given that it was specifically designed to be more kid friendly yeah like i think that well i mean j- just to get into some of my stuff like i i love this show like i really really like it um I think that it's it's a kind of controversial show because, you know, some people do have a problem with the idea of a non-Bruce Wayne Batman mm. or a non-like Dick Grayson Batman, for example. It's weird to just have this other unrelated kid. Yeah. Uh, and it is also pretty cynical, I will say. Like, it it does... It, it is the show that I like a lot because... It is a future for Bruce Wayne that is pretty fucking bleak, actually. <laughs> like, he does he is clearly not a happy person at the start of this show. He's yeah. totally alone. All of his, you know, former friends and lovers seem to have abandoned him or he abandoned them or pushed them away at some point in the past. He's just an old man with a dog in this huge empty mansion. Yeah. And and the city he's sworn to protect is like still kind of having some pretty bad problems. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably worse than ever. I mean, again, there's explicitly a gang of people who are themed after his greatest villain. Yeah. <laughs> that are just running oh. the streets while corporate overlords totally fuck over the little people. Yeah. Like it's it's worse than it's ever been. I forgot I forgot probably one of my favorite moments, definitely my favorite moment in the two-parter is when uh, the Jokers end up at the Wayne estate and, you know, Bruce Wayne comes out and he's just like, hey, what are you doing? Like, stop bothering this kid. And they're like, oh, yeah, what? look, man, we're the Jokers. You don't mess with us. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're the Jokers. And he's just like, sure you are. And just like fucking yeah, starts... beats their asses with the cane. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, <right>. awesome. <laughs> yeah old bruce is awesome and yeah. like I, i'm really happy to hear uh um fuck his voice actor kevin conroy yeah kevin yeah, conroy still uh bruce wayne which is yeah. pretty awesome i love that voice and it's like yeah it's really cool having him still in the show too I, I didn't even realize that he was like such a main part of the show yeah and like you know i i i really like terry also i think that he's a really interesting take on a batman because, you know, I, I think that, well, okay, so basically I find Terry to be fairly relatable compared to Bruce Wayne in a lot of ways. I mean, mm. A, he's a teenager, which helps. Uh, B, you know, because I'm a teenager, yeah. fucking near 30-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, he he's not like a corporate giant who's super rich and has women throwing themselves at him. He's just kind of a normal kid. Um, with a troubled past and like as a result he just feels a lot more fallible like i could go on a big tear about one of my least favorite aspects of the batman fandom which may or may not exist wholly in my head Mm. but i think that there is a tendency with bat fans to kind of idolize a character who i think is more interesting when he is or when it's concentrated, uh, when the story's concentrated on his weaknesses and his yeah. like serious psychological problems, but there is a large subset of Batman fans who are much more concerned with how he's totally badass and beats everybody and always has a backup plan and is a super genius. And so I guess it doesn't really matter that he seems like a miserable person who is incapable of forming real bonds with people quite mm. possibly. Yeah. Like there, there is, I think uh, a toxic element of people elevating and idolizing Batman. And Terry is a pretty awesome, I guess, repudiation of that in some ways, because he's not most of those things. Like when well, Terry's he, more grounded too. like, yeah, right. And he, he's not a master martial artist. He's got a vengeance story, kind of, but he's not like 
you know, he's not Bruce Wayne. He didn't, he's not completely crazed by his, uh, you know, by, by either revenge or this idea of justice. He's yeah, just or, kind of or like stopping the thing. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I obviously, I think there are a lot of really cool, positive aspects of Bruce Wayne, but I think that people tend to focus on those more than some of the negative aspects in a way that's not great. And I, I yeah, think, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really into the fandom, but I do really like the aspect that he's like very smart and he can prepare for everything. Uh, you know, even like with the justice league turning on him or whatever. Sure. I, I think that's pretty cool, but I could see what you mean where it's like, yeah, you worship this character who's just like, uh, a recluse, <laughs> an obsessive recluse. Well, and and who... like quite possibly not really that good a person in some ways. Uh huh. Like, like this is a maybe not the best comparison, but and again, I I do think that there's a huge possibility that this whole thing is in my head uh-huh. and is not a real thing that people think. But like. A thing that is definitely the case is the Rick and Morty people who are like, Rick Sanchez is the best character ever. He's awesome. <laughs> and he's right. designed to not be. Yeah. <laughs> he right. just happens to be a genius, but he's an insufferable prick. Yeah. <laughs> but there are people who are like, I don't care that he's an insufferable prick because he's a genius and I'm really smart. So, you know, I can relate to him. Because people yeah, don't right. understand me, you know, like, they're, uh, you know, whatever. Again, like, this is all me just bitching about uh, fandoms that generally are not great. Like, just, you know, fandoms in general it just, you know, have some toxicity. Vocal, vocal toxic minority, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, sure. But anyway, like, I the, the point is that I think Terry is a really good example of, like, not that. Yeah. He is a Batman who is rather fallible isn't a super genius like in my favorite up or my honorable mention i i really appreciate the fact that he tries to interrogate shriek and shriek just realizes that he's being interrogated yeah like terry's not that great at manipulating people i like that he makes mistakes that batman old batman would never make exactly Yeah. yeah and at the same time he also like seems to actually give a shit about having a life outside of Batman, which Bruce Wayne probably never did. Yeah. Especially given that apparently he never thought of himself as Bruce Wayne. I also really like that Bruce is there though, looking over him. Like, I I think that's really cool. Like a good combo that works out really well where it's like, you've got this grounded character and then you've got Bruce Wayne. Who's like pretty intense. Let's say. Yeah. Right. Totally. you know brilliant and a little crazy uh yeah <laughs> so well, yeah, like they, they it, it kind of makes this fun combination yeah they serve as good foils for each yeah, other and right, there's a yeah. lot of really good conflict between them just in like what the ideal way to be batman is and when there's cooperation too it's very satisfying right when they, exactly. when they can overcome that so like i don't know i i just think that like, this has one of my favorite interpretations of Bruce Wayne in the DC stuff that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, because it feels like it's more critical of him, which a lot of stuff I don't think is. I guess yeah. that's more that's that's more my problem with the fandom thing I was talking about earlier. I think that it's worthwhile to be critical of these characters, and sometimes people aren't, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, I think this is one of the cases where Batman is criticized, or Bruce Wayne, rather, is criticized more than he typically is for his flaws. Um, and yet he, like, is still clearly growing. Like, having some kind of relationship with Terry is clearly yeah. helping him in some way. Like, he's not doomed, you know? He's still capable of change and growth. And And also, you know, you have this this kid Batman who's maybe not great at it. Like there, I don't know. It, it's cool. It's a lot of cool stuff. Like it's a lot of kind of my favorite version of these kinds of tropes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, I love it, honestly. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not without flaws. Like, as I said, I think that I would like to see more of Terry having to operate alone, which doesn't happen all that much just because it's interesting to see him kind of cut off uh, from his mission control, which is basically what Bruce is at this point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that there's a little bit too much Derek Powers in the first season. Yeah. Like, he is in about half of the episodes as an overarching villain or as the main villain of that episode. And that's a lot, frankly. Like, It's also just kind of frustrating to have this, like, super villain who just never gets in trouble even when he's defeated <laughs> which yeah sure i mean he I, I kind of like that he is you know there, there's two ways like i like that he's more or less a background villain in a lot of cases like he's usually the one contracting the other villains yeah. there's something kind of cool about that because it does make him feel like he's not really defeated all that much is the thing like his plans fail but batman usually doesn't just beat the shit out of him um so that's nice but also like there is just a lot of Derek powers in this first season and i feel like it gets a little old like i wish there was yeah. just a touch less uh so yeah like that's maybe not great uh and also m many of the episodes that feature him are right at the beginning like he's the main villain of the two-parter and then like the next three episodes there's one that doesn't involve him in some way yeah and you're about halfway through the season at that point. Like that that it's it's just a lot of Derek Bowers slash blight. Yes. Yeah. Um so you know, obviously it's not flawless. There are still, you know, some things, but I do really like this show and I think it fits really well into the overall tapestry of the DC animated universe. And of the Toonami lineup. Yeah, for sure. Uh so this is the first season, so I think we should do a recommendation on just the first season so far. Uh, so, obviously, the recommendation would be one of three categories. That is a visit, something you should check out and see for yourself, even if you haven't. A revisit, which is something that, you know, is something that maybe you should check out if you've seen it in the past. It won't tarnish your memory of it, but it's not amazing yeah and best left in the past which is something that you should not revisit even if you loved it as a kid because it will make <laughs> you feel stupid for liking it in the first place uh what do you think peter i mean i think it's pretty obvious we're both uh we're both on the visit train for this one y yeah right especially for the first out. season it's great uh yeah. it is kind of a pain in the ass to get a hold of to be honest yeah we're, uh, we're using dc universe's streaming service which is quite nice but you know like it's not on Netflix or Amazon or anything unless you want to pay per episode, which is yeah. frustrating. So, yeah, like it's not super easy to get a hold of, but like you should try. I mean, DC Universe has like, I think, a week free or something like that. So you can probably slam down some episodes of Batman in a week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially the first season. You can you can get that done. We did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so well, for a bet for next week, there is fun thing about this show that's kind of funny is that there's a lot of like future slang in it. Shway. Uh, yeah. And I think that it's actually utilized quite well. Yeah. Like generally it's pretty clear what they're meaning and it does add some texture to it being the future. Like yeah, there's some thought put into it too, where it's like, right. They're, they're like corruptions of different words that we have now. Like, yeah. in a lot of cases, yeah. Twip instead of like twerp or twit. Yeah. 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 That, that, that stuff's fun. And you know, also it's not like some old man trying to write teenagers and they're using all these cool <laughs> slang words that yeah. are nonsense Sometimes, because it's though. the future. <laughs> When the so characters you go can kind of get away with it. Yeah, yeah, they do say slamming, which just is like just Johnny a Johnny Quest. Yeah, just a Johnny Quest flashback. <laughs> but I, the thing is, though, I can accept that slamming in twenty years from now might be slang. I can accept less that it's slang right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I do. That's why I, it works for me. I also appreciate that they predicted the phrase "rips" being slang. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh man, that rips. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so. so I think we should do like per episode instead of trying to guess how many times they're going to use slang over the course of the next 13 episodes because yeah. it's going to be a lot. So how how um, many uh, – what is the maximum amount of times they use slang in one episode? Yeah, right. Uh, or minimum really. Uh, I'm going to yeah. say like five, which feels like it might be a low guess. No, change that now why it's gonna be so much that's way too much i don't think so i think I five like they is do like a I max think, of two yeah i mean then guess that and beat me dude <laughs> okay dude um <laughs> yeah i'll go with two 
All right. Sounds good. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see how frequently characters say slamming and twip and, uh, you know, other stuff that shway, et cetera. It's probably going to be like a kid focused episode where they say it like, yeah, well, they just times. endlessly say, it. I will point yeah. out that the next season is more high school focused. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that is going to be for two weeks from now for the beginning of Batman beyond season two. Uh, next week we will be watching Justice League Doom. Uh, it is kind of similar in that it's a look at Batman, maybe not in the most sympathetic light. Uh, it's a film, an animated film that's not set in, I think, any of the, you know, it's not set in the DCAU anyway. Uh, it's a totally different animation style. And, well, that's good. I, I didn't want to, like, skip yeah. ahead to Justice League stuff. No, 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 not at all. Um, and basically the premise is that Batman has determined a way to beat all of his fellow Justice League members secretly without telling them. And well, that is exploited by a villain. That's what I was referencing before. I, I, I didn't know that that, yeah, right. uh, what that was actually from, though. I've, yeah, it's I, totally I like that from idea Justice League Doom. Uh, and I, I've seen it before and liked it quite a bit, so I, I think it'll be enjoyable. Yeah, sounds um, good. But that'll be next week. Until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us for Justice League Doom in a week's time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more of our content, follow us over at facebook.com slash hppod and twitter at hppod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you are so inclined. Subscribing on iTunes or, I suppose, Apple Podcasts Now or really any podcast service is also a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, wherever there is, uh, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us find new listeners, and we really, really appreciate it. And once again, I feel weird talking about it, but... Uh, the coronavirus is out and about, so please stay safe, all you listeners, uh, and keep your loved ones safe, too, you know? Even if you don't listen, stay safe, I guess, even though you won't hear this if you don't listen uh, by default. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and we'll uh, see you next week. W what is happening there? You uh, are hearing heavy rainfall. Oh, great. <laughs> and hail. Oh, God. Well, I wish I had, uh, I wish I, I wish I had Shriek's powers now, huh? Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me to shut the fuck up. Yeah, I did. All right. <laughs>